I just came back from the salon. And for the record, I went with a sassy little bob and quiet luxury shade of blonde. Yes, that's literally what we're calling it, quiet luxury. Aside from trips to the salon, I don't actually blow out my hair. My hair is naturally wavy, and that's why I love Way. Way's new anti-frizz cream is a lightweight cream that provides immediate frizz control that lasts for up to 72 hours. I know that I have a limited amount of time <laughs> with wet, wavy hair in which to get myself in order. And that is why I love the anti-frizz cream. It has notes of bergamot, Italian lemon, violet, and more. And it smells un. Believable, Truly, as someone who is a little bit sensitive to scents, I put this in my hair and I feel great. It also genuinely pairs well with my perfume, which I appreciate. I don't blow out my hair because after years of color processing and attempting to make it straight, I know it looks better and stays healthier when I avoid blow drying, which is why I love the anti-frizz cream. I've used products, especially with wavy hair, where it feels heavy and looks kind of wet. And that's why I love Waze Anti-Frizz Cream because it enhances the natural waves in my hair. I still look like me, just a little elevated. And P.S. I am way obsessed with Waze's other bestsellers. Their leave-in conditioner, detox shampoo, my personal favorite. Frizz free up your schedule with Way. Go to T-H-E- O-U-A-I dot com and enter promo code Andy for 15% off any product. That's T-H-E-O-U-A-I dot com with promo code Andy. I'm not on Santa's naughty list, but I could be on yours. (laughs) I might be a Jew, but I'm also a little ho, ho, ho. <laughs> That's quality. Oh my god, two Hebrews. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Up. No wonder we were both available on Christmas. <laughs> you I were like, like, when could we do it? I was like, whenever. <laughs> Wait, I forgot you were Jewish. That's why I was like, oh my god, it's so amazing that he's available on Christmas Eve. And then also when I needed to reschedule available Christmas <laughs> afternoon, literally in your words, whenever is great. <laughs> well, I mean, my husband will be cooking me Christmas dinner, but that's about the extent of it. Oh, well, you guys, listen, there is so much for us to discuss. I almost just flashed my guest. So Merry <laughs> Christmas to you. Talk about no stockings for that treat. Um, Guys, it's Andy's Girls. It's episode 192, 192-ish. And this is the Merry Cackle Holiday Spectacular. And I'm so excited to be joined by none other than spiritual OG of the AG and senior gaming editor at InputMag.com. Why, Mary Cackle, Ryan Houlihan. I just called you Ryle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I've had too much eggnog, also known as I've water. I've been rechristened under the Christmas <laughs> star. Um, Mary Cackle, it is so nice to spend the holiday with your loved one. Thank you. And by loved one, you mean me. I meant the fans, but (laughs) (laughs) I did mean you. So 
have you done anything special today? I mean, your husband, John, is he he's not a member of the chosen people? He has not been chosen, but he is indeed the the, the child born unto us under a star. (laughs) He is the Messiah. He loves Christmas so much. So he woke up and made a Christmas breakfast, and she's oh. running around. He's excited. What's a Christmas? Is there a um, typical Christmas? Because, I mean, like, the, uh, there's a ham situation, right? Yes. Like, I mean, there's fish the night before, and then there's, like, a situation. The day- what did he make? Did he make a Christmas waffle? What happened? So usually my, my parents make um, – my mom makes a French toast bake, um, ironically, out of challah. <laughs> <laughs> Hala French toast is the best French toast. It absolutely. is. I mean, it's absolutely stunning. Um, but because obviously we're not doing that this year, he made us um, uh, spinach and mushroom omelet, and he brought it to me in bed. Oh my! Oh my! I know. God. I know. A real Mrs. Claus situation oh happening over here. <laughs> That's amazing. And do you guys have a tree? I know you just moved into a spectacular new apartment, but did you get a tree? Do you have stockings? What's the setup? We do not have a tree. We we are in a spectacular new apartment, um, which I'm very excited about. But we just moved in, so we have like a a tree made of yarn that's hanging in the bedroom. <laughs> um, but we don't have like a real tree situation. Although we did want one, and we will get one next year. Um, I've started collecting ornaments and like my mom's ornaments are all like (laughs) like my mom and dad have collected ornaments since we were a kid they love christmas and um they have like all like your first word like um (gasps) ryan got his tooth out yeah but ours is gonna just fully be like a bottle of skinny girl A Brooks Marks commemorative button, like whatever. P.S. It's not going to be a skinny girl ornament. It's going to be an actual uh, just a bottle. Bottle. <laughs> In case the holidays go wrong at some point, you can just amen. Tuck it. Um, wait. So you're Jewish. Your parents are. Do you have a a Jewish mom and a non-practicing my parents Jewish parents? My or? parents are religious. Um, affiliation got extremely Catholic after 9-11 because my dad thought that like if he prayed enough like if he got real Jesus-y um the terrorists wouldn't come again I don't know and then Wait it a ended was he Jewish before no 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 my dad's Irish Catholic oh and I then because like, we also have to my knowledge God does do stuff for the Hebrews as well I thought you meant he like converted I was like oh, no and then it ended up something. one of the priests at my childhood church that like they like threw themselves into was one of oh, those no. like no. yeah like like a Meryl Streep in doubt situations so then my dad was like I like Christmas and I don't have to do anything else and I was like great um but yeah I John's- mean if you're if the priest was like Meryl Streep then that's a good thing because no, no no I meant one of those Meryl Streep oh, type Philip Seymour Hoffman. yeah okay, like was discovered okay got it got it yeah yeah um Merry Christmas <laughs> Um, but you know, so I've always done, we've always done Christmas. Um, yeah. Uh, but the holidays are here. Mm -hmm. I'm excited. I think Mm -hmm. that, um, you know, this Christmas is different than any we've ever had, but that doesn't Mm -hmm. mean it's, that doesn't mean it's less than if anything, it'll just make everyone appreciate the holidays next year more. And I mean, what better way to start off a holiday episode than by talking about 9-11 and abuse? And I'm so glad that we checked those things off the list. Hey, you invited me. You knew what you were getting. (laughs) 
Speaking of knowing what we're getting, guys, at the end of this episode, we have a very special gift for you. So special <laughs> that I don't even know the words to just. I don't know it. which of us thought of it first, but we were talking about doing this project over text message, and I was like, this is such a beautifully deranged idea. I can't wait. So we were talking about somehow putting, doing some sort of song, and you said a song name that I honestly don't remember and probably don't even say it because maybe we'll do it next year. And then I was like, I think I was looking through songs or I was Googling Christmas songs and I found the one that you guys will hear our little treat for you at the end. And there's just a little spe- extra special spin on it. So I'm so excited for you guys to um, enjoy that and listen to it on the loop for the next 15 years of your life. And also, you know, it is the holidays. We're recording this on Christmas afternoon and just want to shout out all of the Andy's Girls listeners um, who thought this was bitch sesh who are <laughs> listening to this and, you know, are having a Christmas or a Hanukkah or just you know a holiday day not necessarily practicing um one holiday or the other and are doing so in a way that is different from years past and we want to acknowledge that and thank everyone for taking the pandemic seriously making a sacrifice so that hopefully it's like a very jewish thing to be like next year in jerusalem but like hopefully next year you know what we're looking forward to is making a sacrifice now so that next year we can spend the holidays healthy and happy with our families and so we hope that you're able to buy yourself something special and um you know join the patreon and um you know really have a day (laughs) Of, you know, having an okay Christmas day. I feel like if you have an okay Christmas day, curled up with some, you know, eggnog spiked skinny girl or skinny girl spiked eggnog watching some, you know, Candace on Lifetime or whatever the fuck she did, TV movie, <laughs> celebrating whatever. That's Listen, great. I think, you know, everybody has their traditions for the holidays. Mm-hmm. I think this year is a little different, but it means you get to try new stuff. And then next year you can be like, I hated that or I liked that. You know? Yeah, and in the Galley family tradition, we never actually acknowledge or celebrate Hanukkah, not during a single one of the actual eight days. <laughs> My mom texted me yesterday to let me know that we've scheduled Hanukkah this year for next Saturday. And that does oh. not mean I'm going home. We're Zooming. So you might ask yourself, Sarah, why couldn't you guys just do a Zoom on one of the actual eight nights? And I say to you back, this is our tradition. Squeeze <laughs> eight days into a random evening. I get guilt tripped. I've already gotten my Christmas gift of screaming at my mother. So that's tucked out of the way. <laughs> I mean, there we go. And, you know, I mailed my mom and dad and, uh, you know, we don't do gifts. Um, you know, hashtag pity me. And uh, but I saw a plate at Anthropology that looked identical to my parents' beloved dog, Chester. So I mailed them some plates and I did cat versions for my aunt and uncle. And as you know, with UPS and everything else, like shipping time, stuff's going out separately and whatever else. So, you know, it arrived a couple weeks after it was ordered. No big deal. Thanks to all of the essential workers, especially all the people who are working in, you know, the postal service field, everyone. Um who is uh, helping, you know, bring a little bit of Mary and Bright to this year's holidays. And my aunt sent me a very sweet email thanking me for the mug that uh. she and my <laughs> uncle love. And I was like, there's there's more than a mug. There's a second mug and two plates coming. But like, yes, we got you a single mug to share. Like Lady <laughs> and the Tramp. You guys can put some straws in there. Put some hot cocoa. We don't have a, what's a Jewish version of... Um, eggnog i guess it's hot cocoa i, I was gonna say manischewitz 
Oh, yeah. You know what? My dad is Italian Catholic, fucking loves Manischewitz. Really? Dies for it. Loves it. Non, not ironically, thinks it's delicious. Wow. I mean, yeah. I love that. I love that for him. Right? I love that. I first got drunk when I was a child at a family um, Shabbat at the, who was it? The Souls House? Shout out to the Souls. I just sipped me some Manischewitz and was like out. Like, I think I fell asleep at the table. See, I used to love um, like Christmas Eve with my um, whole like extended family. We would get together and like, you know, it was like you were excited because you were getting gifts and you were like, I'm doing that. And you were like all like all pent up energy and your cousins were there and you were in like a sweater. Um, And then when you become like a teenager slash adult, you're like, this kind of blows a little bit. Like you're just like sitting around with these people who you don't really like and like gossiping about their last year and like making Mm. like people are making excuses for why they like didn't come or why they're leaving early. And you're like, this is all just very passive aggressive. Then you're allowed to drink on Christmas. And changes <laughs> and the game. The Christmas spirit comes rioting back. Like, it's so good. I mean, tis the season to be a little extra bitchy. Yes. Know? And, you um, you know, now I've made, you know, uh, for me, having a few glasses of wine on Christmas and just being a real pill is, like, fun. <laughs> um, But... I, because we're in a different circumstance this year, I got super stoned. And you know what? Nothing yes. makes Christmas feel more Christmassy than being really stoned. You gotta even it all out. Just a little, you know, Santa brought you a little, a little greenery of your own. Who needs the tree? It comes in, it comes in all different forms. I wish I was, you know, like we're thinking about New Year's, or at least I'm thinking about New Year's next week. And um, I have some exciting news on that front at the tail end of the episode, but um, you know, I'm by myself. My roommate has been back home for a while. Um, are you enjoying yeah. that or are you getting a little like wandering around the house talking to ghosts? I mean, my, here's the thing is that if it was probably anyone else that I lived with, I would be enjoying it more or like luxuriating in it. But I have an angel roommate from heaven above. I've lived with her for like, I don't know, a year and a half or two years or something. And I love her so much. Like she's literally the perfect, you will never meet a better person in your life than my beloved angel Rumi. So that's why I'm like a little sad. Like she's left both two times during the pandemic for months at a time. She's only been here since March for a little bit of time. Um, and so that, like, I've cried both times when she's left. I'm like, oh, my God, but I'll see you soon. We'll be better. New York's not going to be as bad as it was in April, I promise. Um, <laughs> so that's, like, kind of a downer. But, you know, it is also chill. I've lived in my apartment for 10 years, so I shuffle around. But that's also why when Archie Bador passed away suddenly, unexpectedly, it was a difficult – I was, like, very emotional about it because – it was like a living, he was my fish son. I obviously loved him and adored him, but it was also like he was the thing that I had here so that when I was by myself for months at a time inside my apartment, you know, he was like my little guy that I would kiki with. And I do have to say, you know, you wrote a beautiful eulogy for Thank him. You. That's on my Instagram at Dave Galley. It was an honor. It was an honor to read it. It was an honor to show it to the world. And I do have to say, I went to Petco yesterday because I was making some returns from some purchases that I bought myself. The one beautiful thing about, one of many beautiful things about being Jewish, of which there are many, is the fact that I don't have to buy anybody Christmas gifts so I can spend money that I don't have to begin with on myself. So (laughs) I've been buying a ton of shit that I then return because I have a 107% return rate. I'm a joy. And I was like walking back to my apartment and like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to stop by Petco 
you know because you were with me when I started the adoption process, even though it wasn't an adoption. I just paid for him outright. But I call it an adoption because it makes me feel better with Archie that it took me a couple trips before I, like, found someone whose spirit I felt really connected to. So I assumed that was what was going to happen this time. And I just felt like I didn't want to rush into it. You were, I think, one of the people who were like, don't go, don't rush, which was totally smart. And I just felt yesterday, like, in the Christmas mood, I'm just going to stop into Petco, see what's going on. Went in, the, shout out to Peter at the Upper East Side Petco, total mensch, lovely guy. Went in and just fell in love with a rainbow beta. I just. I knew you were ready to love again. I didn't know. You knew before I knew. I, just I knew if you took him. a breath, you would be ready to love again. And I took a breath and it turns out I was ready to love again. And I felt I just saw him and I was like, <gasps> so even when I was like talking to Peter and I told him my life story as I do everyone and was like, you know, and I'm not sure Archie, blah, blah, blah. But while I was talking to him and there were so many fish, I was like, oh, my God, my eyes like just totally gravitated toward this one fish. And so I do have a new member of my family. We are doing a bris on Instagram Monday morning at 11 a.m. I do have an invitation that I'm sending out on Instagram stories um, when this episode goes out. So look for that. I'm really excited for my little um, Hebrew rainbow Christmas king. And his name was selected by an Andy's Girls listener. Uh, It is perfection. It is a new beginning, new start. Um, and he's just, uh, you know, he's just wonderful. He's a delight. He's in my kitchen right now. He survived his first night in my apartment. His first night was Christmas Eve. Look at him. He's just the little gift. He's my little, he's my little Christmas king. He's my little rainbow king. And, um, you know, of course, very calmly and, and no big deal did a little announcement of his adoption by, um, superimposing him onto a video from the Lion King because I always keep everything very chill. So, uh, but he's a delight. So, and thank you to everybody for, for reaching out um, uh, with your condolences about Archie Bador. Rest in peace. Archie Bador, rest in peace. He will live in our hearts and minds forever. Um, but speaking of beautiful memories, this is the Mary Cackle episode of Andy's Girls. Are there any particular moments from Bravo, from Housewives that happened during the holidays that stand out to you where you're like, oh, my God, this is that moment that I think about when I think of Housewives, when I think of the holidays. I, I mean, it has to be everything that happens in the Berkshires, especially that time that the cameras went off. But Bethany kept posting on Instagram her stories oh of them God. all being like super lit. Like Sonia was like unable to put words together. And I was like, they're not even filming this. That's how much footage they have. Wasn't Sonia on a pool table or yes. something? Don't yes. you remember her stretched out on you a know, pool You know, she's table? always going to get in the pool, but sometimes she gets confused. <laughs> Your castmates in the pool is what was <laughs> happening at that moment. No, I think the Berkshires means Christmas mm. to me. Um, mm-hmm. Also, um, every year now, John and I, it's part of our tradition. We fight over who gets credit for the Tin Soldier from FAO Shorts. <laughs> for the what? Tin Remember soldier? the Soldier oh for Brim? Oh, my God. Poor Dorinda. First Giovanni, then the Nutcracker. I mean, it was just one thing after the other. <laughs> Jesus Christ. A nutcracker, that's right. It wasn't a tin soldier, it was a nutcracker. Whatever. It was one of those gentlemen in a uniform serving our country by cracking something. Uh, And it was a nut, I believe. A walnut. Do you have you ever used a nutcracker? I have never actually used one to crack a walnut. I have a a few, but they're Halloween nutcrackers. 
My mom just has this silver one. Now I'm remembering this. We used to eat, we used to crack walnuts. I don't remember why. Maybe over the holidays. Delicious. Annoying as a yeah. child. I wasn't like my favorite thing, but I liked it. I um, like any food that with an activity. Right? Don't that comes with like a project. Little... I love yeah, that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Fondue. Cardio. That's yeah. strength training. Um, I have to say, you know, justice for sprinkle cookies. I think. Oh, yeah. Stale. I'm dead serious. A stale sprinkle cookie or some sort of frosted cookie. Justice for sprinkle cookies. The absolute best cookies. I am half Italian. I couldn't tell you what a pignoli cookie. I'm such a bad Italian. (laughs) I couldn't tell you what it is. And I've seen photos of it. But I do have to say sprinkle cookies. That is like an iconic moment for myself in thinking of all things housewives although the runner up also from tree from our favorite tree hugger Teresa herself is that moment when they were going through their legal stuff and had to show on camera that they weren't being financially irresponsible and Joe gave Teresa socks <laughs> like wasn't it was it socks or gloves I yeah and that socks. had come I think they came on the tail end of when they had a beautiful um dinner in their living room uh, but they were sitting on like cardboard boxes <laughs> they had like a candle at dinner and cardboard boxes yeah it was during that beautiful period when they had to um telegraph financial responsibility or whatever they had to like do and speaking of it. when is that pardon coming from Trump like we, we've been doing one a night right like I He's got an advent calendar of horrible people to pardon. I feel like the the Judaises or the Girardis, somebody's going to get a pardon. I mean, it is strange to me because they Teresa was obviously on Celebrity Apprentice. She has expressed her continuing support of the Trump administration. Oh, yeah. It's she's, surprising to me because of her, like, tell and she's a famous celebrity and they know that it would be in the news. And they were... They were, like, doing some strange legal strategy at one point where they were, like, we're not pushing for it, but we are. But then Gia, like, released a petition or something. I'm shocked that that hasn't happened. I would wonder if – what is this? I think now things are getting real – Things are getting real chaotic over there. So, yeah, I think if Rudy Giuliani knew that she was down to be cast in some kind of apprentice reboot on Newsmax, I think, you know, it might happen for her. And they have that lawyer. I want to say his name is like James Leonard or something. Why do I know these things? That might not even be right. But it is because it's Christmas. Um, Yeah, I don't know that that has been or maybe they've just kind of like given up on it. Hmm. I wonder if they're. I think she's given up. She doesn't give a shit. I will say, though, her new man is exactly from a laboratory, the kind of person that she would date. And yet also triple A hot. So hot. Unbelievable. would date should date he is i will say a lot of the jersey aesthetic and a lot of the jersey people is not for me because being from long island it's so close Mm -hmm. to home that it it hurts it cuts so deep Mm -hmm. but he's so hot that i don't care i don't care that he could be from my hometown i'm like let's do it (laughs) Teresa's being introduced to orgasms for the very first time in her life what a present that's all that guy needs to give her is talk about like a dick in a box like oh my the greatest gift the greatest <laughs> gift of um oh my god ryan Hulan. i feel like you haven't been on andy's girls in a second i know it's honestly it's been a cruel amount of time i started to it's question whether i was still a, a spiritual og of the ag <laughs> well i feel like so much has happened that we should 
I mean, I just rewatched, as you know, I watch every episode 15 times. I just rewatched the three shows on air because, as we know, there are only three. So I rewatched Potomac, Salt Lake City, and, um, oh my God, and Atlanta. Atlanta. And, I mean, can we just dive into Potomac? Because I feel Let's like. Let's talk Potomac. I, I have a lot to say about Potomac. And I know that it's going to all be controversial, but remember, it's Christmas, okay? It's Christmas. I need all of Andy's Girls listeners to just be supportive. Yeah, um, no hate DMs for the next 12 hours. I no, think... can I say one quick thing is that mm-hmm. I'm working on a Patreon episode of Team Candace versus Team Monique and also a third party, Switzerland, and also myself. So, guys, that's coming after the third part because we all want to have the same information. So we are going to have a really interesting discussion. Deep dive. Deep dive of that um, next week. I'm going to make that entirely partners. unnecessary and just tell you exactly what you should think. Okay. I think- <laughs> <laughs> Save yourself $5 a month. Okay, great. Uh, no, no, no. Please sign up for the Patreon. Um, I I think um, the whole Potomac thing has me. Andy has taken the wrong opinion. Not okay. in morally or ethically. I just think he does not know what the audience wants anymore. Because every time he takes an opinion, I'm like, I don't think this is what we needed to see. Like, I don't need to see Monique continually say, like, no, I think what I did was correct. Like, in an even-keeled way. Like, I want to see him confront Candace a little bit and be like, listen, Candace, do you think you're milking this a little bit? <laughs> do you think you needed the post-its that said, like, you're okay on the bathroom mirror? Do you, did that really help you? Or were you performing a little theatrically? I, like, whether or not that's, like, the truth for her, I want the answer. But also, like, it makes for a better show. I think right now, like... Watching this reunion, I didn't feel like I got answers to that situation that I actually wanted. I got answers in the Giselle stuff. Thank God she had collated pages. Um, But I feel like (laughs) I wanted Andy to say to Monique, like, you know, hey, Monique, do you understand that what you did didn't necessarily cross the line until you went after her again when you said you had no remorse and you said you'd do it again? Like that kind of stuff, like. You know, that's a tough question that I think I actually would have wanted, like, a little bit more of an answer to than just, like, what he asked. And also the whole Candace thing, like, why didn't he ask her, like, what if you had sent a new mother to prison? Like, would that have been good? Would you have been happy? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's tough. And, like, I look at both of them and I think, like, there's so much more in common between the two of them than than what separates them. Like, Mm -hmm. they're both very spoiled. They're both feel entitled to, like, always get their way. They're both um, basically willing to do whatever it takes to like body the other one and show that they're like the alpha dog. Um, and they're both so annoying. (laughs) Um, and I just feel like none of that was properly addressed. I felt like what we really got was like a rehash of what had already happened on Twitter. And I don't really sign up to watch these shows to hear about, like you tweeted that I was a concubine. Like, I don't really care. Like if it's not on the show, what, what does it mean? Like, you know what I mean? Okay, I totally hear you. I'm not I'm saying who's you? right or wrong. I, because right, I do I believe, I, I believe, I believe in my wrong. heart of hearts that they're both wrong. They're Monique both wrong. should never have laid a hand on anybody. But I also think multiple people have laid people hands on people on Bravo and never got the like, Bravo doesn't condone violence. It's like Bravo certainly monetizes violence. They yeah. might not condone it. But we've, we've seen it multiple times. But I also think like Candace, but she shouldn't have never done that. But I also think Candace... You didn't have to try to sue her, like, it, it, for actual court time. Like, I that all to me was like, okay, you didn't – that was over the top. That was an over-the-top response. Also, the worst person in all of this, can we just say, 
Ashley Darby did not need to insert herself in any of this. Mm-hmm. I mean, you don't agree with anything. I don't agree with anything that you're saying. Okay, so just to, just to push back a little bit, Merry Christmas is to say, from from my perspective, I don't know that Candace if. If she's being performative in any way, I don't know that she is aware of that. I truly think that she has been traumatized by this, and I choose to mm. believe her. No, I really do. I do. I do and believe. And I take serious issue with her, but my thing is, like, not not about this. Not about not about the fact that she may truly still be exhibiting trauma and her reaction to that, noting the childhood she had and her relationship with her mom as an adult, where she has a really complicated relationship, even to the idea of like any kind of mental health thing, because her mom used it as a weapon against her. And so she might have her emotions might be exacerbated for um, strategic reasons. But in this context, I truly think I really honestly, truly think that this is she is truly was truly truly emotionally harmed by this physical altercation i I think it very deeply upset her i do think it very deeply upset her i do think that she obviously has you know it is scary and upsetting when you're at work and a coworker like visit like of course that's scary i do think though when we're a few months down the line and she's bending the napkin to create a tiny thing to like dop up a tear that doesn't exist and she says like when you taped with her her being on the show like I was like all right let's all take a breath like I have been in trauma I get it like you cannot want to be around her you can never trust her again there's stuff Mm -hmm. you have to deal with I just do not believe you burst into perfectly camera ready tears where you're folding your napkin and like and that the trauma happens to take the form of Monique shouldn't film with you (laughs) like I don't that just seems to me it seems very like and it doesn't seem like she's doing any of the like work you would do like if she was really going and I hate being this person because I'm not usually the person to say this but if she was like going to therapy and like a psychiatrist I just feel like the response wouldn't be like okay what you need to do is definitely be on this reality show and and like cry as much as possible but like it just doesn't seem like there's the emotional the the right way to emotionally process what happened like it doesn't seem like she's having productive but what's the right way to emotionally process i think to 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 say like to, to to vocalize what's happening with you and emotionally how you reacted in a like mature adult process that's words. not candace she's never been that person then why maybe, would being assaulted make her a better person than she was before i'm not saying it would i'm i'm saying i think that if she if this was as long a term emotional project for her as she like if, if she really thinks that a, a perfect response to this incident is someone going to jail that's the only like thing that will bring her peace and solace it's right. like to me it's like I don't believe that that's true. And I believe if that was the case, you wouldn't be so willing to like tape with her and like go into the nitty gritty. And like, I, I t- it just, it, to me, if I was really traumatized because somebody like attacked me and I thought they might attack me again, I probably wouldn't be like, I'm, ex- I'm going to tape with them. And I'm going to, I'm going to, she didn't, she didn't, I, she went to the reunion <laughs> because she was fulfilling the terms of her contract. I guess, but I, other people have not done the reunion and, can- and the, who hasn't done the reunion because of physical assault? I mean, that th- th- there is not a, like a one-to-one. There's not a one-to-one comparison. But I do think multiple people on these shows. And also, I mean, frankly, if we're going to get into the like play-by-play of it, I I think Monique did something wrong. Absolutely. But I mm-hmm. also think Candace like 
super wanted it to go there and kept pushing her. And the both of them, listen, did was Candace going to touch her? No. But I do think she was in her face like they were playing a game of chicken and obviously Monique went way too far and is an asshole and obviously nobody's condoning what she did especially when she turned around and kept doing it and like chased her down but I do think like it takes two to tango and they very purposely she was screaming in her face I do think Monique felt like she touched her obviously that wasn't her that was someone else's hand but that was Giselle's hand I think but I do think like you know, if you're getting in a situation where you're screaming with each other in each other's face multiple times about how you're going to beat each other up and one girl grabs your hair, like, I'm not saying, I'm not saying she should have done it. I'm saying it's not that traumatic. You knew what you were getting yourself into. You knew the kind of stakes you were building towards. I, I, to me, I, I just, uh, Candace strikes me as like a whiner who is making way more, she's making, she's having... She's making dinner out of this and she's enjoying being traumatized a little bit. She's enjoying the like oh performance God, I disagree of this. With all. I'm I sorry. And I generally, I am not the person. I am not the person. I am not the person who genuinely says stuff like this. And I feel really bad saying it right now, but I do believe there's a part of Candace that is enjoying this and that is performative. And it's so irritating to me because it just feels disingenuous and it feels manipulative. Um, I do think though, the stuff with Ashley Darby's husband, Michael, and um, her husband, that to me, if anything, felt more immediate and more mm-hmm. like, like, oh, Michael Darby is not like Monique where like he grabbed her hair and was like mm-hmm. screaming. My- Michael Darby is genuinely dangerous. And the fact that we're like not talking about that, but we are talking about Monique grabbing someone's hair, which again, she shouldn't have done. It's just like, there is a much bigger fish to fry in the room. And Ashley is reinserting herself in this situation where she truly does not need to be after multiple times mucking around with these women and causing them like, I do actually believe like causing them like problems that are long-term issues. I I love Ashley and I want her to stay on the show because obviously she's great drama, but like there are two people in this situation that are super toxic and I don't really think it's Monique or Candace. I think both of them are doing things in this situation that I don't agree with, but I really think like we all need to come together and unite against Michael Darby. And like, that has to be the first order of business guys. I do agree that Michael Darby is obviously the um, super villain that must ultimately be destroyed. But I, I just think when it comes to Candace and Monique, I just can't, I can't put a question mark on, I have to take her word for it, like by her behavior and her actions. And I do think that this wasn't like a a moment and like a get over it kind of thing that looked incredibly intense. You're in a and, you know, one could make the argument that Candace was doing her job. She was being provocative and Monique's job should have been firing right back but not being physical you sure know? And I, know I neither think of us are defending it neither i'm not want... saying she should have done it at right. all and i think that candace obviously has a right to be upset nobody's saying that she doesn't but i do right. think and i i get that this is controversial and people are going to be upset with me and tweet at me i do think that and please continue to give me the benefit of the doubt here because i i follow me with this i do think it is like if you were in the wwe and you are going to do a mock fight and you keep like like there's no set plan, but you keep pushing somebody and then they actually push back a little bit in real life, not fake fighting, like really hurt you a little bit. That's super wrong. But you're also like doing professional sports where you're like doing this, like this, this, um, 
you're going through the paces of like a real intense fight. And like, I think sometimes people actually get hurt. And I think like, to me, yes, she was doing her job, but you also have to understand what your job is and like the risks that come with it. And like, I'm not saying she should have believed she would have gotten hurt, but I do believe that like you, this isn't just her job, right? Like she's talking about Monique's actual life and she's confronting her and saying things about her on and off camera that are actually, will actually have consequences for her life. So the excuse that like, it's just her job to me, okay, but their jobs are deeply personal. And they are deeply, they can get really hurt with these like mock sort of performative dramatic fights, which like, of course, they all realize they're on camera. So it's always a little bit of a mix of both. But I do think that like it went too far, obviously. And Monique obviously deserves all of our condemnation for what she did. But I do think that Candace is now trying to spin what was a fake fight, like a performative, not fake, but you know what I'm saying, like over the top performative yeah, conscious yeah, yeah. of being seen, WWE emotional fight that accidentally went physical, right? Like, or not accidentally, someone crossed the line, broke the chose rules, to cross the line. chose to cross the line, broke the rules, did something wrong. And now 100%, we all agree Monique was wrong. Like that yeah, is yeah, not yeah, how you... Agree. Right, right. I think Candace now is now switching back into WWE mode and trying to like perform trauma and upsetness because she understands she's being seen. So she's trying to perform this like hurt thing so that she can play out the storyline so she can quote unquote win the season. And to me, that feels disingenuous because is it really that upsetting to you or was it part of your jobs where you're mock fighting? Because you can't have it both ways just because you were wrong. You have to decide if what is happening is real and really hurtful or if it needs fake tears and post-it note moments and meditation scenes. To me, that's all a lot. It seems like over the top. It Sorry. might be over the top, but it's also it could be very valid and real to her. And you and I I I get that Candace is provocative. I get that she says things uh, that she crosses a line to me with how she behaves what she says to these women, she said some very deeply problematic things to me that she said to Monique, including in that moment, which she, which we saw when she called her like a quote unquote hood rat or something and was like yelling, you're fired and whatever else. But I don't think that physical altercations are seen as being part of the environment of housewives. I don't, regardless of whether or not they've happened before, they've obviously happened before. And I do take issue with the ways in which we the, the it just seems the, like it seems like the Teresa which the scene was described right the ways it, in which the the scene was described at the reunion with like we don't condone violence but you don't say this about franchises when white housewives or non-black housewives have gotten um like uh, Teresa and Margaret have been physical and we've all clapped like we just made up your husband's in the pool joke like it, it I think mm -hmm. that there have been physical altercations I do think some of them are worse than other ones. And I do think Monique super crossed the line. But yeah. I I don't think that it means that Candace... I don't think it means that Candace is 100% in the right in everything she does going forward. Neither do I. I'm someone okay. who blocked Candace. I've had interactions with Candace that led to me blocking her because she was so vile and abusive. And my thing is... 
Monique, as we know, obviously crossed the line. The problem for me with all of this is that Monique has never actually directly apologized to her. And the ways in which she was talking about the altercation. That's true. She was discussing being grateful and thankful that the other women weren't harmed, but is in no way yeah. acknowledging Candace's harm. You're right. So how on earth is Candace supposed to react to this stuff if the person who was physically violent with her isn't even acknowledging the physical violence that You're took right. place? Adding on to that, Candace is looking for accountability from Monique that Monique, for whatever reason, because she's in self-protective mode, she's refusing to give that to Candace because she dislikes her that much. She's refusing to even acknowledge the pain. Candace seems very invested in people taking accountability for their behavior except for her own, which does involve her behavior in real life because it has become a part of the show. Her calling Ashley a concubine, her calling Ashley a roach, her using homophobic language, her doing fat and body shaming and wishing for someone's death, which she has done more than once. It is difficult for me to look at this person and say you are looking for accountability because of something terrible that happened against you, but you are not using that same perspective when looking yeah. at the ways in which you do, you need to be accountable and learn from your behavior on the show and in real life. You can't have it both ways. So for me, I'm 100% team nobody. As Mixing with Monty says, I'm team the table because like, at the end of the day, these are two women who are refusing to see each other's pain or acknowledge their role in... Um, uh, even potentially like leveraging that pain. I acknowledge that Monique is feeling a certain way because of frustration that she felt about these rumors. I acknowledge that Candace is feeling pain and trauma related to what physically happened to her. I believe both of them when no, they you're are right. presenting their, when they are discussing and, and reacting because I have no choice but to, I do think there is that missing element, which is like Monique, it is unacceptable to me that she never responded yes. to Candace noting that in those other uh, moments where other housewives were um, crossed that line of being physical i don't remember how many of them apologized so why we're demanding that of monique and not of these other women there's obviously uh, a dynamic here that is unfair i would say to potomac but regardless putting that aside it is problematic for me i, I do accept candace and uh believe her in the ma ways and manner in which she um reflects someone who has been truly traumatized. I do believe that even if this happened a full calendar year after this took place, I 100% believe her that her gut guttural instinct was to lose it because she still feels that way. Because, by the way, her pain has never been acknowledged by the person who crossed that line in the moment. That can make you even more expressive in how you're communicating your trauma than yeah, you yeah. ordinarily. And I also believe You that talking me through this makes me see how she got to acting the way that she's acting, which I don't agree with. But she right. did get there because she's trying to make it more overt, more apparent, so she can just get an apology because she but, feels like she really needs real. it. Like, it. It doesn't yeah. necessarily even need to be strict. No, no, no. I just right. mean, well, it can be both, right? Like, it, it can, can be, be like, I'm telling, I'm that. trying to tell place. you how yeah. deep the pain is going. Mm -hmm. And so I have to do the act of telling you. Oh, I hear what you're saying, 100%. And, and I will it, say, from the beginning of this, I was totally like, 
I have been from the beginning. The I think the worst thing about all of this, regardless, and you just pointed this out to me, and I didn't say this. The worst, most unforgivable thing in all of this is not saying I'm sorry. I did something wrong. Like that's she, the bare she minimum. She doesn't even acknowledge that it happened. Monique yeah. is not even acknowledging You're right. that it happened. And You're that right. It's a problem. And Candace wouldn't have got, as she has said on the show. And I am someone who has literally blocked Candace because she has said vile and abusive. Oh, I things. mean, yeah, so she's got her own issues. The strength that it is taking me, but this is, you know, whatever. Um, I just have to like call it as I as I, we all see housewives differently. We all have different reactions to it. That's why I love the housewives so much. Um, and I don't want to take away from how you feel in any way. But just to share my perspective, it is challenging the idea. It is challenging to me that Candace said, you know, like I want the gravest possible consequence of this. It That is nonsense to me however that happened because she was never given an apology or even an admission that this took place and i say that noting that when monique says i was triggered because of the way her hands were in our face and everyone's looking sort of dumbstruck at that idea which i don't think anyone is lying i think they don't remember it it all happened so quickly and the kind of edit we were shown on part two i hadn't seen before and monique was right that the things that she said happened happened but it doesn't it doesn't take away from the actual reaction to the triggers so I acknowledge that what Monique was saying is real happened how felt real to her it doesn't excuse how she crossed the line and the problem with me with what Monique is saying on the show is that she is continuing to try to excuse her behavior which I I can understand even if I disagree with it but she's not following up with the and I harmed this person and that was wrong you don't even need to apologize to her noting your relationship and the fact that she pressed charges at this point because whatever I mean that's not on, that's not up to me that's more a thing with Candace and Monique directly but you do need to acknowledge that this actually took place and that you harmed someone like if you yeah. can't say I'm sorry you at least have to acknowledge and that's where she loses everyone well I would Monique, say the tragedy of, of people the tragedy of all of this is that both of them have I mean this is true of them in other contexts of the show but both of them have such wonderful attributes that they let <laughs> they let so much shit get in the way and I really believe that they could be great friends if they could work this shit out and if they if Monique Ashley said that in an interview this week. Yeah. I think if Monique could take accountability and also if Candace if Candace I think Cand the stuff with Candace's mom, and this is where I have the most empathy for Candace by mm -hmm. far. And mm -hmm. and I really identify with this. Mm -hmm. The stuff that happened with her mom means she's she cannot hear other people. So she has to reiterate mm -hmm. until she gets a big reaction because she does not accept small reactions or first reactions. She needs like if she says thank you. And someone says, of course. She's like, no, thank you. Thank you so much. And they're like, mm -hmm. you're welcome. And she's like, thank you. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like she her really needs. Not being, she's not used to having her feelings believed. Yes. A hundred percent. And she's not used to believing other people's feelings because her mom has gaslit her and said things that are mm -hmm. obviously not true or asked her to do things that she obviously doesn't need to. You know what I mean? Like her mom is the kind of person who would say like, I've been happy for you this whole time. I would never say anything mean about you, but obviously wasn't and was saying mean things. Do you know what I mean? Like her mom says one thing and acts another way. And I think she is expects other women to do that or other people to do that to her. Mm -hmm. And so it, it, it does. It's just, it's very, she comes off to me like a teenager a lot and it gets in the way of the parts of her that are 
so wonderful. And I think that that's true of a lot of housewives. It's like a real study in like um, the complexities of personalities and also just like – it's like the whole Bethany thing of like there are things about Bethany that are my favorite of any housewife that's ever existed. She's also just like a horrible person who's very annoying. <laughs> But I also think that, you know, when it comes to reacting in a place where it feels instinctively immature, I do think that has something to do with trauma, which I've talked about with my mom yeah. and I've talked about with my therapist a lot. Like, we're not going to get anywhere close to anywhere near this, but I was traumatized when I was very young. And my reactions to a lot of things in life happen from the place of being like an eight year old. I was traumatized yeah. again when I was 14. My reactions to things happen in some ways I get very, very reactive and very, very responsive. And it's like a guttural instinct. And I think with Candace, whatever happened to her when she was younger, whether it's like an amalgam of stuff or a specific situation resulted in her responding to things in a way where her guttural instinct is to be that same child or that same young adult, or maybe it's happening over and over again. And you just stay with this because you don't know how to respond other ways, otherwise rather from a way where you're just kind of like responding back really, really quickly. The problem, the major problem for me with Candace is regardless of whether or not you were traumatized and it does appear very evident that she was relating to her mom, relating to other situations, including potentially this one, it does not give you a permission slip to traumatize others. And that is what I struggle with when it comes to people on Team Candace and Candace herself. She seems to think that because terrible things have happened to her, and I acknowledge those terrible things, the ways in which this altercation was discussed online, the ways in which Monique Monique's army seemed to weaponize uh, yeah, and, and super fuck media. that. Super fuck anybody playing any team ho of a housewife where they hop on the bandwagon of harassing. Like, at the end of the day, this is a television show. And literally, we can discuss it here and have our feelings in the safe space right. about you the show. You don't actively say that. To, it's No, you do not bring violent. it into someone's regular. like Right. And so what I'm trying to say so is awful. Candace has truly been you know, victimized and harmed. And yet her way of responding to that is to harm others. Yeah. I've experienced that personally. And I was someone who didn't actually come for her and was really upset. And um, I mean, I'm sure I might've talked to you about it the night it happened. I like lost my mind, but like I was very, very upset at the ways in which she decided to weaponize someone's like deep, dark stuff against themselves because she decided she was, the victim of her own behavior and that's unfair like you cannot uh, yeah. but it's a pattern like, with her i've never seen someone have a winning hand on this show like the winningest hand lose, you were 100 yeah. right you someone was awful to you yeah. and you did went nothing but good intentions and then lose that hand and become a 50 50 where i'm like they're both wrong and i've never seen someone do that so thoroughly in my life um, on this show or just like in person. And so I guess I'm more mad at Candace. I think maybe because I expected more from her. And that's not an insult to Monique, but I did expect her having been through so much trauma and seeming like she has been someone who does seem to be in a lot of pain, especially with like mm -hmm. mother type figures mm -hmm. to, um, I don't know, have more experience with handling this. But I guess that you're right. It's not about experience. It's about like the tools you have. What pattern of behavior makes leads you to think that she would be better at handling this? When has I, she been? I mean, she was better. Sorry, I, I, I think she's house. She has she has de-escalated. Yeah. the way she showed the text to Ashley. She, her has, relationship with Ashley, she has she has, she has yeah. she's acted a lot better. She's also been 
so much more capable with her mother. She understands yeah. how to handle her mother now in a way that she did not when she first got on the show. Mm-hmm. Her relationship with her husband seems to be getting more and more mature. Mm-hmm. I, I felt like she was growing a little bit. And so I'm I'm not saying she was wrong and that she she's immature for how she's reacting. I understand now that you've broken it down a little bit for me. I think I get it more. But it's I guess the that's the space. reason. Same that's space. the reason why I was more mad at her than I was at Monique because I really thought that she was going to handle this correctly. And yeah. like – of course she didn't. Like, they're housewives, but... <laughs> um, yeah. I, I mean, mean, she is her own worst enemy at the end of the day. The ways in which she behaves... You know, Andy, you know, when we talk about the focus of this reunion, it was interesting to me that he was like, you're a disaster on Twitter. She says, you know, thank you or you're welcome or whatever else. And that was it. I was surprised that yeah. there wasn't more talking about this because I think it's actually a larger issue and one that hasn't really been discussed but i had a lot of questions like monique brought that adorable binder i got this reaction from some ags who were like i totally disagree with what you said on the last episode which of course i respect um my thing is like i get why monique was doing this i don't think it was as great as like what phaedra rest in peace has done with Kenyan reunions. I will I say, so seeing Giselle be taken apart piece by piece, bit by bit on camera, Eviscerated. I'm not I, I just destroyed. I'm not saying that should happen to anyone, but it couldn't have happened to a, a, a more deserving, deserving person. person on camera right now. I totally, like, I totally get that. But I do also think if you have a literal binder and you've written tabs of everyone, including your allies, which is an interesting choice, <laughs> and you're saying at a certain point, Giselle was talking about my baby Chase on a confessional and Andy says in response that didn't happen essentially or it would have been seen on TV. Where is the receipt for that accusation? Because that is so much more important to this argument than how many women Jamal has fucked because that's a very long list. And P.S. We already know that information. If you're telling us new information that greatly... um, uh, you know, plays into what you're saying. Where's the proof of that? And I say that noting we may find that on part three, but I don't think that's happening. I think it's it's funny because it's like it's it's just desserts for Giselle because she's just a shit stir of, of the like highest caliber. And so to have her shit stirred a little bit is is satisfying. But it is also uh, like 100% none of Monique's business and completely beside the point of what they were talking about. And I'm getting really sick of housewives accusing each other of not being quote unquote real because mm-hmm. Of something in their life that they don't mm-hmm. want to talk about. It doesn't mean that they're like fake. Do you know what I mean? Like fake is like when on Beverly Hills they just completely avoid talking about huge lawsuits that like are actually impacting their lives. Mm-hmm. Fake to me is not like your husband's been cheating on you and we all found out and that's your fault. Like wait, okay, I don't think that that's true. I think or your husband, your boyfriend, ex-husband. Um, you know, also the whole like you're always here with a different man and like he's not here this time. Okay, that's not her fault. He just is a bad person and she's in a bad, abusive relationship. That's not like, why are you mad at Giselle? But it was satisfying to see someone just start talking about Giselle's shit out of nowhere because that's what Giselle does to everyone else. And I get that. And I, I, I totally understand and can appreciate that. It just didn't land to me. Maybe it's because, like, I knew it was coming. I had been given tea. Yeah. It wasn't a surprise to me. I just kind of felt like, and I also, I think and it could have landed. People found it delicious, and I have the right to say I, it didn't. I totally understand it. I get it. I understand why it's happening. 
to me, it landed differently where I was like, okay, I got it. Like, I get what she's saying. I get why this is happening. It is fascinating to watch this dynamic against Giselle, who said so much shit about how other people's stuff isn't real. Like, I get what's most entertaining to me is the joy in Karen's eyes, because I think this is just, I, know. I think this is I know. for Karen at the end of the day, who does deserve for this. To happen. I think like, Giselle and Karen can't wait to just be so awful to each other for the rest of their lives. And I'm so happy for them. They seem to take so much pain and yet so much joy in eviscerating each other and they let things go so fast but I was like you know what good for Karen one big shot across the bouches is Zell because she's landed a lot of punches and these women are also like the Giselle and Karen example like they also I don't know what's going to happen after this reunion which has been Darksville like super dark so dark I mean so like dark. but like I need more light like it's just it's been it's it's this really dark shit like and I mean, we Troy haven't even gotten into Michael show. Darby. And I don't know that we will. We won't I mean, have time. We don't have time. Ashley, but. well, I, just to say what Ashley is doing for the second season in a row is such victim blaming that for oh. some, someone herself last season to say that she has endured, you know, uh, sexual trauma to say to someone they appeared. I, I don't believe by their behavior that they should be upset about um not giving consent and being groped and being groped at their workplace where they know that this could be on camera and then having the person who did the groping deny the existence of what happened saying I mean it's the same thing with Monique and yet except it's the same thing with Monique except even more mitigating factors which are these people are not cast members this is a man doing it to men and women and that the gender dynamics do actually make a difference here um and it's a repeated pattern that has happened with multiple people, cast members, mm -hmm. non-cast members, sex workers. Um, and it's very apparent and very clear that this is not a one-off situation that flew off the handle and we can all learn a lesson. And I, uh, uh, and yet, the reaction Monique is doing, which is the like deny, obfuscate, whatever, which is wrong, mm -hmm. is a little bit less... It's a little bit less horrifying because this is a one-time thing. With right. Michael Darby and Ashley Darby, they are continuing. They have quadrupled down on this strategy of mm -hmm. being like, what are you talking about? Michael never touched any. Like, what? Mm -hmm. um, they are not well. I can't handle it. Um, <laughs> but not uh, well. But wait, uh, before we move on, because I don't want to forget. Yeah. I wanted to say, I think that also the thing you didn't like about Monique's binder I truly believe this is that as we are both professors of housewife studies, we've <laughs> seen it all multiple times. And I think similar to Jen Shaw, it seemed a little studied. It was like Monique was like, what worked for Kenya? Oh, props. Mm -hmm. I'm going to have props. And that mm -hmm. to me is it's like, uh, you, did you need the binder? Would the receipts just have been enough? Like, could you have just said the receipts? Because I feel like the binder thing for me was like sort of like Candace's tissue where I'm like, Okay, we don't need to gild the lily and swan around the reunion stage. Let's, like, take a moment and think about what we're saying. Um, and I don't know. It seemed a little studied. And I think sometimes with housewives lately, modern housewives, we they need to be careful that they aren't becoming, um, like, derivative of the other shows. I think, like, the whole Jen Shaw phenomena, not to switch um, – franchises although maybe we should um is that uh, with her i'm just like everything you're doing it's like a cover band it's like she's playing the hits from every housewives season ever i mean with monique it's not to me the issue isn't that she's bringing a binder although i do question why she had tabs for ashley and karen and if i was either of those two people i would be asking myself or the tab for herself it's like what like I, don't protect actually, come I on i was fine 
with. I was fine with the idea of bringing a binder. It just. But you already know that information. You don't need it written down. Right. Well, I actually, I was okay with that. Like, I I think if you're going to have a moment, have the moment. It just didn't land for me the way it did for other people, acknowledging that I 100% could be in the minority on that. When it comes to Jen Shaw, I always thought that Jen was being super extra and super performative. But then I really focused on Heather's reactions to this stuff. And it doesn't appear based on how Heather has characterized this behavior to be out of the norm for Jen prior to Housewives filming. I do think she has added layers and fake staff and like this other stuff and the shoes and the snow and everything else. But like sometimes when it comes to her, like losing her mind a little bit. But I think she's been living as a housewife long before the show showed up. I agree with you. But that's what I'm saying. When it comes to performative, I think she is at her core performative. Oh, yeah. When it comes to her being like yada, 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 I don't think in her reactions to like Mary and stuff, I don't necessarily think that's only happening because she knows she's being filmed. I think that is a true, real part of herself. Oh, totally, 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 totally. I just think it, 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 uh, you know, it's like. Does the parade happen in Disney regularly? Yes. But on Christmas Day, they film it and everybody looks 500 times more excited. Do you know what I mean? She adds um, a little extra spark. Yeah. Um, I don't dislike Jen. I just think sometimes I'm like, mm, you've seen a lot of housewives in your life. And oh, 100. I'm not always, house. I'm not sure that always makes for a good housewife. But I want to get your opinion on Mary because I actually don't know. What do you think about her? Because I, I... fall into multiple camps with her. I think she was great casting should not be their second season because she runs a cult. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day coming from like people who have lost their lives because she has told them you're going to hell and you don't like Jesus unless you mortgage your home to me. Like there's audio recordings of her saying, I only got so-and-so number of birthday greetings. You guys are not being good enough believers. Like that is, I think, I think she, she, she grew up super traumatized, super fucked up. I think she was abused. I think like it, it, it's bad. Like whatever happened and is happening with her is really bad. Um, but I also think she's an adult woman now and she makes right. every day makes a choice to con people and she knows mm-hmm. it's a con and abuse exactly. them and repeat the pattern, which is different to me than Whitney's husband, right? Because I, I learned that Whitney's husband made his money on a pyramid yes. scheme, but I actually don't I want you to bring <laughs> why. There was a blind item about that on Crazy Days and Nights. Oh. Which Salt Lake City, I'll find it. Wait, keep talking. I'll find it. I didn't, well, I didn't I, hear it on social media. I felt I it was different than her husband, which I do know he was in an MLM. I, and I do think it's different because I don't necessarily blame wives for their bad their bad husbands. And I think mm-hmm. it's it, once we start going down the, the, the track of like, everything the husband does the wife knew about and is fine with like mm-hmm. I, I until we see the Teresa style she signed some papers to steal money from the pyramid scheme victims mm-hmm. I'm gonna still continue to like Whitney and, and judge her husband um but whereas Mary is the face and brand and number one abuser of the cult she and her husband run so it's like a different circumstance for me to judge Mary although I will say very confusing to have a racist black housewife. I, I don't know where I fall on her comments. Obviously, they're all horrible, like, comments that, that she shouldn't ever repeat um, and that they're they're just awful. But also, it just seems to be some internalized hate that I just – I want to see her get well. She gives me vibes of, like, Katie Rost or, mm-hmm. like, Kim Richards where, like, 
it, there's a lot of moral up and down gray areas here, but I also think like you need to get off of this show and really like reform some stuff in yourself and about your past and like your psychology. Like I- I've never seen someone on camera who had so much going on. Yeah. I wonder, speaking of all things binders, my thinking is that Jen Shaw has been preparing every day for nine hours a day to get the most, the longest dossier of information about Mary to use against her at that reunion. Like if we think, Oh yeah. And the difference is that Monique's evidence is like, uh, you know, you said that you were trying to stir up shit about my personal life. So I'm going to stir up some truths about yours. This is different because this is like directly harming other people. No, no. This is going to be Leah Remini, like escaping Scientology with Leah Remini or whatever. Like she is going to bring the receipts and we're going to get an A&E special about like how cults are built and what the structure is. Like I believe Jen Shaw is going to put together a slideshow PowerPoint. (laughs) She's going to bring in like uh, the deprogramming like program like nonprofits. And speaking of um, crazy moments, so the blind item that was revealed on Crazy Days and Nights is it turns out the housewife married to the Pyramid Scheme founder is hiding a bunch of money through a bunch of shell companies, which you would think would be about Erica Jane, but was revealed to be allegedly about Whitney. Well, I'll say this. Her skin looks great. I would buy that skincare. (laughs) And by buy, I mean I would gratefully, you know, use it if someone sent it to me. I don't blame Whitney for her husband's crimes. I will blame her if she, like, if we see next season that everything's hunky-dory and that she seems to have no problem with this information. Um, I I mean, because I truly believe some people don't understand what a pyramid scheme or an MLM is. They just think it's a business model. Because I'm confused by it sometimes. Okay, so an MLM or a pyramid scheme, they are this multi-level marketing, which is the official legal name of a pyramid scheme. A pyramid scheme originally was. You, if everybody, if, 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 a, if 10 people, you know, give you a dollar, you get $10. Mm-hmm. Amazing. If those people get 10 <laughs> people to give them a dollar, they get $10. But what if you created a system where every time someone got $10, you got a dollar from them? Then the person at the top of the pyramid, as it goes down and everybody's getting $10 from their friend and giving you $1, you're going to make millions of dollars. But you run out of people on earth very quickly because that's how exponential math works. That's illegal. You can't just like funnel money to the top and slowly try to add more people. Obviously, that's illegal for obvious reasons. A multi-level marketing scheme is the exact same thing, but you sell products, right? So mm-hmm. everybody becomes like Mary Kay. an owner of their own quote unquote business mm-hmm. where they have to buy the product and then push the product. But really, the main way that, that anyone makes money on these schemes, selling the products, you might make a couple bucks, but most people aren't going to be buying those products. And if the products were really good, they'd be sold in Walmart, but they're not being sold in Walmart. Why aren't they being sold in Walmart? Because they're not good products. Um, the main way you make money is to sign other people up to sell and they buy a bunch of product from you to sell. And like, it just keeps going like that where people keep being added to the scheme. They get sucked dry of their money. They're unable to sign new people because they, other people realize it's a scheme and they lose their money. Um, and P.S. It could be good products. It just could be that the, the sometimes head the product company is like I can make more money not from selling it to Walmart, but by getting individuals who are going to buy it from me at a higher. You know, sometimes, price. sometimes yes, and I do believe that sometimes people don't realize that they're in a multi-level marketing scheme, or that they've, or that they're involved with someone who is, because it just mm-hmm. sort of sounds like a franchise business if you don't look too closely to the structure and the incentives. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it is very different. It's sort of like a Ponzi scheme where like if I was to say like, well, we take money and we invest that money and then sometimes we use that money to invest in other people who are then going to invest. It sounds kind of like finance stuff, but it's a Ponzi scheme and it is very different. And it it, it instead of money flowing up and like or instead of money flowing down and everybody is earning and this is like a productive thing, it all flows up and one person makes all the money. Oh, it's how America works. Um <laughs> Um, it's Amazon. Um, no, uh, a pyramid scheme is something that's very purposefully built the way that it's built. So when I hear that, like, like Candy used to be my favorite housewife. I still really love her. But now knowing that she runs a pyramid scheme, also Tyra Banks runs a pyramid scheme. If you're at the top of a pyramid scheme, you do have to understand how the business works. And you have to understand that it's exploiting people because there's just no way around that information. But the people around you might not know. Like my mom has lots of friends who get involved in these MLMs where they're selling isogenics or they're selling like shapewear or whatever. And she wants to support their businesses. So she's like, instead of buying my shakes from you know, Whole Foods, I'll just buy them from my friend. And then that's supporting a small business. And I want to convince her that it isn't, that in fact, you're just enabling this person to go on to exploit other people. Best case scenario, worst case scenario, they're going to go bankrupt. But, you know, people don't understand that. So with Whitney, I'm like, I'm not so like, wow, you're a horrible person because your husband had a pyramid scheme. But I will if she completely looks the other way on it and we never hear about it. And she never like has that whole accountability thing that she does with everybody else. Um, I'm going to judge her pretty heavily. And I really liked her so, so far throughout the season. Okay, I like the stuff with her pyramid? dad. Oh, yeah. Her dad's stuff is, I mean, what's the, I mean, it's so. They're so honest they're, and they're so, so raw. It's amazing to see. It's uh, unbelievable and so rare on Housewives. But wait, take me back for a second. What is, so I read that blind item and I was like, oh, fuck, that sucks. What, do you know what kind of pyramid scheme he runs? I have no idea. All I know is that according to this gossip site, it is I did it. I Googled it and I immediately forgot. It was not interesting. Hold on. Let me look. Because, like, how do we know that it's a pyramid? How do you know something is a pyramid scheme versus, like, so a genuine? The way that you know something is a pyramid scheme is if the emphasis is on recruiting new people and if the main, the best way of making money is to recruit new people because they're called your downline. So that if you recruit people and they start selling and they recruit people, you get a cut of their recruiting and it just becomes exponentially more. If that's the way the business is structured, you're in a pyramid scheme because if it's shaped like a triangle, it's a pyramid. Um, Justin Rose, his pyramid scheme. Yeah, I Life still... Vantage. It was the subject in 2018 yes. of a class action lawsuit alleging the company is an illegal pyramid scheme. He, along with other executives at the company, was named in this suit. What the suit alleges dietary supplements. The, it's dietary. That the company was structured so that recruiting other sellers is the only way, only way to make money. Simply selling products isn't a way to earn income, and many sellers actually lose money. That's against the law for direct sale sales companies. They have to make it possible for sellers to earn money. Just they have to make it possible for sellers to earn money just from product sales in order to be operating legally. I will say this. I. The whole MLM thing is obviously so awful. Um, any business, if you're listening at home, that asks you to pay them money to have the job and it isn't go to an accredited school and have a degree mm -hmm. is a scam. Any business, unless it's like you have to buy the uniform to work at Abercrombie & Fitch, which is a scam. They shouldn't be making you buy clothes. They should give you the clothes to work at the store. But beyond something as simple as very small, like $50 to get the supplies to start working mm -hmm. you're in a scam 
No business is selling you the product to resell if you're a salesperson. That's just not how business works. Nobody would take on that amount of risk as an employee. Um, and so I think, you know, avoid MLMs at home. Avoid getting involved in any housewives MLMs. But anyone at the top of an MLM knows purposefully that that's the company that they built. I mean, there's it's unavoidable. It is possible that these people know the way the company is built and do not know that it is a pyramid scheme. No, I don't think so. I think, I think they have to know. Because you have... Then you have your employees, quote unquote, coming to you and saying, this isn't working. I'm not making any money. I'm having a hard time. Or my my the people I've recruited can't find people to recruit and they're not making money selling the product. And then what do you say? Until the very long, the very end when it's like about to explode, don't you think? I mean, the very end. I mean, some of these go on for 100 years. I think I think I listen, I think he's probably a horrible person. But and, and what's funny is MLMs and cults generally go together like nexium mm-hmm. worked as an mlm but was also a cult scientology right. works as an mlm but is also a cult um i think it's very interesting that we have a cult leader of not mormonism her own cult an mlm leader and then you well, know no, the mormonism of an mlm leader the spouse Mor- of an mlm leader yeah yeah i just meant like he appears on the show oh, mormonism yeah, yeah. you know believe have whatever beliefs you want about anything it seems to be a very strict religion that um asks for mandatory payments and has some arbitrary rules that i don't think you know i think any group that judges or excommunicates people for not obeying their mandatory rules and asks for mandatory payments to me it's marginal um i'm not trying to be offensive if you're a mormon i'm sure you're great um but it's just interesting to me that these systematic organizations that control people's personalities and personal lives and finances seem to all be happening in one franchise in one city. And all of this to say, Heather Gay, I know that you have this split custody situation and it's so hard, but babe, if you want to move to Brooklyn or to Chicago, I will find a place to set you up. You need to get out of Salt Lake City. Heather, you deserve LA. You deserve New York. <laughs> you deserve Chicago. Baby, you deserve Miami. Get the fuck out of Salt Lake City. Like those people, that whole culture to me, sorry if you live there, it looks beautiful and I would love to come on a vacation at the like Shaw Chalet. But I, 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 it just seems like a bad environment for her. She says stuff like she's like anyone. She said this week, anyone who gets a divorce is marked as a failure. And I was like, no, like, wait, 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 no. Like come to other places. We in New York being divorced just means you're over 30. Like it's not a big deal. Like I, I, she just seems to have internalized these systems of control from multiple aspects of her life. And I just want her to break free because she's such a nice seemingly nice genuine well-meaning good mom person and yet she says stuff that i'm like we have to deprogram you we have to do the like i think she's deprogramming herself in real time yeah i would say i mean i have to tell you salt lake city to me looks i mean you're not wrong about you know the dark underbelly but like it also just looks amazing i mean like you know and if she's happy i don't know that she's happy there but I think she's trying to make it work. She's trying to make it work as best she can. You know, that's where her family is. That's where her totally. Kids are. But if she she's wants trying- to blink a few times just to send me a message, I'll come get her. <laughs> oh, man. Tough. Rough, tough stuff. Can we talk about Atlanta for a second? Yes. I'm really enjoying it so far. I think I might be in the smaller circle of people, maybe. There are. I don't a lot hate of- it. I, I would say. I don't think Nini is 100% wrong in her accusations of racism against Bravo. I do think she's, like, weaponizing it. But I will say the ratings 
whether or not you think she has a point, the ratings for Atlanta are like down and not. Yeah, but that could be COVID. That I don't think that's Nini's absence. I think that could be COVID. I think that could just be a lot of just stuff happening in time. You know, I don't think that they, I think it's going to bounce back, you know, when they don't have to be dealing with a global pandemic where one of the largest storylines is a woman trying to figure out how not to be judged for throwing a wedding for 250 people when she knows she shouldn't, you know, like. No, I'm not saying, I'm not saying Nini is the cause of the ratings collapse, but I will say. Because that's what she's saying. I think ratings can be a result of the sort of the atmosphere you build and the business that you build. And I do think some of the things she says are happening behind the scenes seem probably pretty true to me. I do mm-hmm. think that there is a way that Bravo treats black housewives and probably this carries over into contract negotiations, which should be dragged into public. Like I would love to see the comparisons of what black housewives have made versus white housewives, because I can guarantee you Bethany and Kyle make way more than Nini and Nini's show was higher rated. The one that she was quote unquote center I don't know that we can. I don't know that Nini made less. I think Nini was one of the highest paid. No, I, I'm saying I would like to see, and I would oh, guess. Yeah. Okay. I would guess that it's probably there's some pay discrimination going on because it happens in every industry, right? Um, but I would say I would like to know and see. In the way the same thing happened with Monique, people didn't believe Monique, but at the end of the day, I want to see the hard numbers. And when we did see the hard numbers. Monique had made some points. Like, she's an Oscar winner, and Amy Schumer was getting more than her. It's kind of an interesting thing to know. I you meant Monique Samuels. I was so confused. Oh, God. No, I I meant Monique, the, like, real Monique. Like, no, Um, we're talking, um, we're talking uh, charm school Monique. Right, right, right. When we, when, when it comes to, like, the pay stuff, absolutely would like to see the numbers for Housewives. I'm actually, to be honest, more interested in the numbers for the people who are working on production for these shows. So what yeah. the producer making for Atlanta versus one um, for Orange County, you That's know, true. like that would be really interesting to me. And also, you know, how is the network working with many of these housewives? Um, you know, they worked with um, Candy and Portia on, you know, the race in America specials. I'm curious about any um, internal changes you know, that are being made because that's not being discussed publicly. Um, uh, Bravo has been one of the least open. Uh, I mean, it's the network. Kelly Dodd Jacks thing where it's like, why is one of these people fired and the other isn't? I'm not saying either should be. I don't really, I'm not the judge and jury. I'm saying I don't really like either of them. I think they're both kind of racist. And I'm just like, why? It's an, it seems like a black box of like morality where it's sort of like the Bravo does not condone violence disclaimer on Potomac. It's like, but can you explain to me why you are saying this on this show but and, and you said it on Atlanta, but you didn't say it when it came to Jersey or when it came to uh, Beverly Hills or it's just it uh, Atlanta to me, it, it I, unfortunately, and this is not the women's fault is more interesting as a meta show to me right now, because there's actual issues that I think could make real difference and i think that's why the porsche thing has resonated so heavily with everyone is that mm-hmm. porsche seems truly like to be a voice of like truth and reason in mm-hmm. um an environment that we're not like always used to that Seeing. yeah yeah anyway i think atlanta's fascinating i'm still interested in the show i'm not you know like i'm not i'm not uh, uh in the brigade that complains i think there's also a group of people that like to complain every time a show starts getting going if it doesn't kick off with like two people fighting at a, a christening. Totally. And oh my God. Ugh. And that was probably the most 
That was the most. What a premiere. What a premiere. <laughs> um, I do think that, you know, we do just have to keep in mind that these are COVID times and filming is different. And my guess yeah. is that, you know, some of the precautions, the reason that these women haven't, I don't think have all shown up in a group together because Portia was um, uh, totally amazingly, you know, participating in protests and you know leading the charge and leading the change um i'm curious to see how that will change you know once they're able to like all film together how that may change the vibes and uh, the trailer for next week is really complicated and you know we're two white people talking about this show but Uh, do you get mad what kenya has sorry what kenya has spoken about which is a uh, saying a critique of um, Porsche's role in the Black Lives Matter movement and and Porsche's response on social media and Kenya's rebuttal are that very very complicated. I will say that they're super fast. It's it's, it's super fascinating and super important issues, and I would I'm excited to yeah. see them be discussed. And I I mm-hmm. would love to hear Black voices discuss them. Mm-hmm. But something that I think is at least within our ability to um have an educated discussion of is the COVID stuff of it all, especially with Mm. Atlanta, because Mm -hmm. Atlanta is a place that seemingly COVID doesn't exist to their politicians. Um, They opened right up and there are, I mean, Atlanta pride happened and that shit looked like it looks every year. Um, I'm curious, will you come down on individual housewives for not obeying COVID restrictions? Like people have been really mad at candy or do you think like, this is a systematic problem and we can't shame individual people? Because I'm I'm down to be mad at everybody. (laughs) I think that there's a real difference in Kelly's uh, uh, emphasis on trying to get people not to listen to regulations where she's saying this is fake. It's not happening in Orange County. Come to our businesses. Our restaurants are fully open. None of this is real. Blah, blah, blah. I think that is so much more damaging and so much worse if we're looking at it on a spectrum worse than – you know what another housewife than what like Ramona is doing you know did in sneaking off to Florida and dancing in restaurants at the bar but I I think that you know these women should be held accountable but one of the reasons that these women were hired to be on housewives is because they live in a bubble they live in a world outside of their own and so for many of them they feel they have the privilege financially socially otherwise in which to think that they are the elite they are above what else is happening and they're also for lack of a better term they might feel immune to it yeah the reason that they are cast on these shows and that they've been elevated and celebrated in so many ways is in many ways through their complications that we may disagree with and there's no better example of that unfortunately than during a global pandemic where we're like stay in your house and they might do it for a month they might do it for two and then they might say i'm ready to throw a party you know like this should not be surprising to any but it doesn't mean people shouldn't be held accountable. I do also think that there are so many levels to it and that many of these people are doing the, I don't know. It's like, it's hard for me because it's so complicated because there's no, not one single person who has shown themselves on social media, which PS these people are like showing us their behavior. It's not even reports of stuff. It's the celebration of the breaking that is so frustrating. I mean, even the Potomac reunion, there was moments where I was like, okay, they've got face shields, everybody's six feet apart. And then the backstage, they like rip them off. They're hugging each other. They're laughing. They're having drinks. The makeup artist comes in. You're like, what? Like, why are you doing this theater perform? Either do it or don't. You know what I mean? Like, I, it to me, I guess what bothers me, the only time I get feeling like I should shame somebody and feeling like I should hold an individual more accountable than I'm holding the government or 
like our society is when you're being a fucking hypocrite. Like you clearly know what the rules are. You clearly have decided to pretend that you're obeying them and then breaking them. The hypocrisy is where I'm like, guys. I mean, but when it comes to production, so let's talk this out. So the makeup artists did the same kind of quarantine. My guess is that the women did and the makeup artists should keep their, the makeup artists should keep their masks on their face shields on whatever other production needs to happen when Andy is interacting with these people in their dressing rooms, when he's talking to T'Challa, he should have a face shield on if he's doing it and a mask on. If the women aren't or the men because they're about to be on camera, that is uh, something that you can't control to me. I, I mean, like, this It's is just, why are all their seats six feet apart if you've tested all of them? Just tell us at the beginning that they've all been tested and they've all quarantined and we did because this purpose. Because there's room for, because you can get tested 10 minutes ago and fucking touch, you know, like. So it just seems, it all just seems You have very... to do the best that you can. I, I think the six feet is, makes sense. I mean, like, they're ta- they, they need to be doing the best that they can. When people slip, they slip and it sucks and it sucks <laughs> if it's shown on camera. I don't know. I feel like I'm defending everybody i shouldn't today and i don't know why but no 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 i'm just gonna say the theme of this episode for me is you need to be real (laughs) (laughs) you need to be real okay i need you to be real with me because we're real here okay i don't want to see like it just feels like you're not being real you need to own it um yes that is seems to be my theme today i seem to be on a, a horse about it but i do think i don't know i don't know i do think but now we said it now we said it I, you know, I think what I think. And then that's all that I think, as Dr. Seuss once said. No, he didn't. This, is, he never said this that. was a hot and spicy episode. And I just hope <laughs> that people listen all the way through. And when they comment with the, I totally disagree that everybody's respectful. And some of them and I, I want to DMs. I want to reiterate. I want to reiterate that it's Christmas. And your gift could, to me, could just be like, give me a mulligan on some of these opinions. <laughs> Maybe you just let me be wrong if you disagree. Well, listen, I know that even in the last couple of weeks, some, some of my responses to some stuff during the Potomac re- Potomac reunion and I'm like I feel a certain way and this is how I feel and then 48 hours later I hear a different perspective and yeah. I want to normalize the idea that when we hear new permission when we hear new permission when we hear new information give yourself permission and normalize the idea of changing your mind which I think happened to both of us during this episode which I think oh totally great. happened to me this is why I love talking to you because I feel like if you don't change my mind you confirm to me that I'm right or you you correct me and that's that's all I need because I do trust your opinion better than I trust my own. I mean, but I I feel that about I feel that about a lot of things in life, and I think the idea that we judge people or that we people are only the sum of opinions that we disagree with is problematic and dangerous with exceptions when it deals with like direct acts of racism or homophobia. Yeah, or anything I mean, else. for a perfect but example, when- I spent so much time today defending Monique. Um, uh, or at least trying to like give her some room to stand on when at the end of the day she's an anti-vax scum <laughs> please go get vaccinated <laughs> um shout out to my mother who got Moderna um yeah I do I do think that we need to give ourselves room and space to change our minds and I do have to say that you know I had I heard from a lot of people, all of whom had very differing ideas and opinions, all of whom wanted me to know directly that like, 
I think you're wrong because of X. And then other person would be like, I think you're wrong because of Y. And then person would be like, I agree with you because of Z, which is diametrically opposed to what I was saying. So I recorded a Patreon episode that is up. It was an hour and 15 minutes long with Jonathan Chandler, who's a writer on um, Betches. Uh, and um, we talked a lot about Potomac, a lot about uh, colorism. And I removed the paywall. So I'm for the second week in a row going to put the link in show notes. And I think it's a really important discussion. And it's something where I myself was very firm in my opinion, told people I was firm in my opinion. And once I, um, you know, heard more and really thought about it more, my perspective changed and uh, I was able to have more of a nuanced conversation than I would have, you know, immediately after, you know, like part one of Potomac, I would say. And those are like the moments that I think that we should embrace and acknowledge because, the whole point, I hope, of Andy's Girls is talking about our own lives and perspectives while discussing and unpacking the behavior of these women that we love, you know, to talk about. And so when we change our minds and our perspectives or when we're able to have engaged conversation that's not directly trying to, like, harm or hurt someone that is the sweet spot for me and so I'm so appreciative for the people who do slide into my dms who I can have these kinds of dialogues with all of the ags where you add that layer of nuance because I think it helps me become better when it comes to having these conversations so this holiday episode I mean I I came into this season believing Brooks Marks would be the icon and savior of Bravo. And at the end of the day, I was wrong. And I can admit when I was wrong, and he's an annoying little twerp, he needs to stop having people run and jog behind him in his matching tracksuits. And just to counter that, I know a lot of people dislike him. I find him really, I love watching him on, I, again, like counterpoint. I don't even mean, I'm, I'm just not even kidding. doing this I'm just to fuck with you. I, I like think actually find him like He's like 19. I, I'm just joking. I can think he's a little twerp. I also think he's entertaining. I support all gay people in creative fields. Um, but you know, he's a little fucking twerp. He's like, he's like Scrappy Doo. I don't hate Scrappy Doo. He's a puppy, but get off my show. <laughs> Ryan Houlihan just lobbing one additional little ball of coal on the way out at the end of the episode. So guys, listen. This is why I haven't been on in a long time. <laughs> be a little bit of a rest after this only. <gasps> just kidding just kidding okay guys um a couple important pieces of fun sassy ag info the andy's girls holiday uh og of the ag zoom kiki is going to be on sunday December 27th, this Sunday, December 27th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Register RSVP for that by signing up or leveling up to OG of the AG level on Patreon. I'm so excited to do a Zoom kiki with the OGs of the AGs. It's going to be so much fun doing a little theme of Mary, she, 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 she. So you can wear sparkles, you can wear sass, or you can wear sweats and have that shine come from the inside. Um, So that's going to be amazing. Next week's episode is a special app. Um, unpacking uh, a lot of um, fun stuff in Bravo this year. So I'm really excited for you guys to hear that. I'm doing a New Year's Eve Instagram live with Ryan Bailey from So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey. So look for our social media for more timing and more information. My Instagram at Dame Galley. And now we have to premiere this thing that we talked about on the beginning of the episode, which is a very fun version of Santa Baby, known by Eartha Kit, with the lyrics changed 
to Andy, baby. This is our new Andy's Curls Bravoholics Darlene Love style twist on a Christmas classic. And you can find the lyrics on my Instagram at Dame Galley. If you tag me in a video of you singing all or part of this, I will throw some entry to that Insta, that Zoom key key your way as thanks. So I'll send you me- a nude. After you consent, after you give consent, that's the that we've learned from Michael Darby. Absolutely not. Um, He's not going to do it, but he's going to gossipofthecity.com. We would happily swipe right on your interpretation of this Can't wait. holiday classic uh, called Andy Baby. Ryan Houlihan, before we pivot to that, tell the people how to follow you online and send you possibly um, uh, 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 theatrical DM replies to this week's episode and more. Uh, um, I'm at Ryan Houlihan on Twitter and Instagram, and you're an adult and you know how to find me. Um, it's spelled like the restaurant. Um yeah, if you're really mad about anything I said, remember that it's Christmas morning. I'm still in bed right now. Yes. <laughs> I've had a lot of coffee. I was so stoned yesterday. And you're just going to be a giving person and you're not going to scream at me. You're going to politely disagree. And that's, I think that's the real spirit of Christmas as a Jew. That is the real spirit of Christmas. It's having polite these disagreement. conversations. It's a polite disagreement. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And um, guys, I got so many satchels from you about Potomac. Holy shit. There are like literally five long form satchels that I want to discuss. So look for that on a Patreon episode soon. Patreon, the number one way to... Uh, support myself and Andy's girls, patreon.com slash Andy's girls. Um, guys, I'm so appreciative to you. I'm so appreciative for us to continue to have these conversations. Um, you know, my favorite thing in the world is to talk to someone who shares an opinion that I disagree with, because in many ways it informs my understanding and reaction of why I respond to things in a certain way. So I'm so appreciative to you, Ryan, for coming on for this very, merry cackle episode of andy's girls guys i hope you're staying safe and staying merry and i probably won't talk to you unless you're on patreon or instagram yada yada (laughs) until after new year's i'm so excited for you to hear the um new year's spectacular episode of ag next week i hope everyone has a safe and healthy new year's i think 2020 has kicked our asses and i think we are all cautiously optimistic for a better stronger new year what a high bar um and so I love all of you. Thank you for being Andy's girls and are for being a part of this journey, understanding that even when we have a difference of opinion, especially when we have a difference of opinion, that makes the conversation all the better. Um, and guys, stay safe, stay cheery, and I'll see some of you on Sunday and the rest of you on Instagram Live on New Year's night. <laughs> and here we are, guys, the world premiere of Andy Baby, written by yours truly, and performed by myself and my dear friend and unbelievable vocalist Dylan Hafer. Here is Andy Baby. Happy holidays, guys. baby just slip a contract under the tree for me 
been an awful good girl. Andy, Andy baby, so won't you bring back some of our wives? Andy, baby, hexagonal ice is ready to go, do bro. Please mute Gretchen's DMs. Andy, Andy baby, so won't you bring back some of our wives? Think of all the fights we've missed. Think of Eddie's endless abs at Cut Fitness. Next year, I will get the vax. And P.S. This has nothing to do with Jax. Andy, baby. Jill Zarin's apple's starting to rot a lot. And Bethany wants to sell jeans. Andy, baby. So won't you bring back some of our wives? Andy, honey, one little thing I really need, the D. To Hey Mama's Berkshire's AC, Andy, Andy baby, baby, so won't you bring, bring back some of our lives? Andy, cutie, I miss the brownstones, Queen Caroline. Sublime. And Claudia reading Nini, Andy Cutie, so won't you bring back some of our wives? Remember the days of Hoof v. Pump and Megan King without her hubs, the baseball grump. Let's see if my DVR does too. Andy, baby, forgot to mention one little thing. A ring. Kim says it does mean a thing. Andy, baby, so won't you bring back some of our wives? Won't you bring back some of our wives? TV's waiting tonight. Merry Christmas, Bravo Holics.